Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 132 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. We're super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family essential goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today we're going to pick up where we left off last week on a review on a video by Jordan Peterson on the issue of submission. But he in the last video, he actually went into, he didn't really get to his answer on submission. He went into, if you'll remember, a tangent on the importance of having somebody contend with to contend with in a relationship and the importance of having somebody who is a beneficial opponent, who is equally matched to you, who can give you things that you would not be able to get to by yourself and prompt you to grow. And that's where we left off last week. And he, he talked about that in the context of a marriage. And um, it was a really good video and I, I really enjoyed reviewing it. But this today, we're going to be go, we're going to be finishing off that video and catching the tail end of it and finishing the video. So I hope you guys enjoy. And without further ado, let's go ahead and pick up right where we left off. And that's what you want in a partner. Mm. That's what you want in a marital partner. That's what you need is you, you need to be, you need to be set against each other in something like an iterating dynamic of cooperation and competition. Both of those, the competition in some sense drives you forward and the cooperation makes the mm. entire enterprise sustaining and productive. Now that's conceptualized, by the way, and this is extraordinarily interesting and very much worth knowing. It's conceptualized in the, this is one manner of, of mythological conceptualization. The Christian sacralization of marriage is predicated on the idea that the union, the proper union of a man and woman offers the opportunity for the emergence of something like the spirit of the logos. And so that's the word made flesh. And so what that means is that a logos, the word made flesh in John one, one in the beginning was the logos and the logos was with God and logos was God. Um, translated word in many of your English Bibles is not referring to scripture. Contra contrary to popular opinion, the Bible is not floating up around in heaven at the time the world was made. Logos is God's logic and vision, which is Jesus. 
Jesus is the perfect embodiment representation of the Father. He says to himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So that Logos is talking about Jesus or the logic of God, his character, his um, nature, his wishes, his desires for humanity is what I would say John 1 is talking about there. And that's a very important distinction I have um, that I make a lot on this show, but also with anybody that I'm in conversation with who suggests that the word, their Bible, is God. Uh, which is something that I think is said in undertones a lot in modern day culture, uh, modern day Christianity. Uh, your Bible that you're holding in your hand is not God. If you were to bow down and worship that, that would be idolatry. God is the infinite creator of the cosmos. And I think it's a very important, and I'm not undervaluing scripture in any means. I Scripture, I love scripture. And I would never want to take away its sacred nature in Christian culture. But what I'm saying is that it's very important for us to know that it's just not the, the book itself is not God, right? God is beyond any physical limitation like that, which is why it's so beautiful when Jesus wrapped himself in physical nature to come down to earth. But that's just a side tangent on the nature of that word that he's talking about logos. I believe that is God and not your, your, King James Leatherbound sitting in front of you. Dynamic can be set up between the participants in the relationship, and that dynamic is something like the truthful exchange of redemptive information aimed at maximizing the quality of the relationship. Right? So that would mean that if you're a wife, you're subordinate to the aim of maximizing the relationship abetted by the willingness to exchange truthful information. Right there is the first time he's actually said a word that's even closely related to submission, and that was subordinate. He said that you're subordinate too, and then he went on to say something that I could not even get grasp because he's just so uh, he's so quick in his reasoning. It, it would take a long time for me to understand that, but what I would like you to note here is he's kind of not... I don't know that this is a good title for this video. I don't know that you should submit to your spouse as a good title for this video because so far, you know, here we are nine min almost nine minutes into his lecture and he hasn't actually addressed the question. He's just made, he's, he's set up a lot of ideas about contending with your spouse, which is good. You know, like they have to be able to push you. You have to be able to learn from your interactions with them. You have to be able to grow. You have to be able to be able to advance and improve. And if you marry somebody who's below, um, if you could, if you play a game with somebody who's below your, position, you're not going to get any better. Instead, you might actually get worse because in order to win the game, so to speak, you only have to be so good. Uh, whereas if you compete with somebody who's very similar to your skill level, or even slightly above, the only way you're going to win is if you actually improve and you adapt and you modify your approach. And it's the same thing with an argument with your spouse, maybe not, maybe not an argument, but a, uh, a point of contention. Um, they're, you know, they're going to throw the throw thoughts at you that you have not had yourself. They're going to throw ideas at you that you have not had yourself, and that is so good for you because what it's doing is in order to act in your life with a good conscience, you have to come up with a way of addressing the arguments that they're throwing against what you're doing, right? So, for example, let's say I uh, – let's, let's use the example of video games. I never thought video games with violence in them were wrong. Well, I meet a, I meet a spouse, or I meet my spouse, and my spouse says uh, – well, actually, here's, here's a thought you might not have had about video games with violence in them. Uh, and here's the reason that I think they, they might not be a good idea for you. And now, because that thought has been implanted in your mind, if you continue to play video games without addressing it, your conscience is going to bother you. You have to address that internally. You have to address that argument against your worldview internally. If you don't address that argument against your worldview internally, you're going to be plagued by 
a guilty conscience, right? But if you do address it and you're able to overcome it with your own argument, you've grown, you've improved, right? You've adapted your approach and you're now a better capable, you have a more well-rounded worldview and you're better capable of playing the game with your spouse. And same for her. I mean, you're going to have things that you're going to provide. Maybe she, there's that, that same thing can be flipped on its head. Maybe she, if you're a man, maybe your spouse um, has a certain worldview that she doesn't think is wrong, but you see a problem with it and you're able to provide her with an alternate perspective that she doesn't have alone, right? And they're in, they're in doing so, she is able to either combat your argument and improve her own worldview or she's able to see, hey, there might be a flaw in my approach. I need to change this. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Moving on, though, he has not really addressed this admission element and I kind of want to hear him say that. And so then there's an emergent spirit that characterizes the interaction of the two people in the marriage and that mar and that is symbolically represented by the logos, right? And that's the sacralization of marriage. Then you might say, well, what does the logos mean in some deep sense, which is a very good question. And so, so one of the... Johnson, why are you... He's got an ad here. Um, I, again, the, my, my thoughts on this video so far are just why has he not addressed submission? Is he avoiding that because it's too hard or is there is it just a complicated answer that he wants to give a foundation for? And again, he's given a very good foundation if he's trying to give a short answer so far. I'd like to see him address the actual um, issue, but we'll see if he does that here. Moving on. Right, that's that's the ethos of marriage. And so what does that mean? Well, it means that you and your wife or your husband will face the ultimate catastrophes of life together. And that if you do that properly, you'll face them together voluntarily. And if you do that in the right spirit, then you'll face the ultimate catastrophes of life voluntarily, aimed at the good, with your eyes open, well, interacting in a truthful manner. And that will, if you do that, that will be the best antidote to the catastrophe of life that you can possibly manage. Mm. And so that's a way better vision than, than what did you call it with a question? Okay, now he's going to connect it's a mission here, but something I do want to point out that I really love about what he just said is he's actually presenting marriage as a positive way to confront the challenges of life. He's actually saying you're actually better off with a partner than you are alone in most cases against the challenges of life that are inevitably going to arise and knock at your door. So what he's saying is there is no better way to stand against and confront and go through the challenges of life than with a partner who will stand beside you during those times. Beautiful thing. Very few people say that in today's modern culture. Instead, what they counsel you to do is be careful before you get married, which which instills the idea in you that maybe there's something about marriage that is not desirable. Maybe there's something about marriage that is actually worse than the way you're presently living, single and alone, which could not be further from the truth. Uh, again, there are lots of things in marriage that you have to worry about, but it is a goal that is worth pursuing in every sense. If you ask a couple with a healthy marriage, was it worth it? Would you go back and remain single? They would, of course, say no, and that's not out of... Uh, a desire to not hurt their spouse's feelings. It's out of, out of a genuine reflection on their life. They would not go back and choose their great, glorious single life and all the fun and fireworks 
over what they have now. A bond with somebody who has contended with them, stood alongside them through the trials of life, been the closest closest human you could possibly be to. You cannot get a closer relationship than a marriage when it is done right again. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. I love how he talks about marriage. It's, it's, it's a way that I don't hear many people talk about marriage. Most of them is, are either counseling people to be very careful before they enter it or avoid it altogether entirely or postpone it for as long as possible. That's really all the marriage advice I hear from either secular or Christian camps nowadays. Uh, that's the most common, unfortunately. question was that, for, that, that the woman be... Uh, submission. Submission, yeah, submission to, the, to, the, to her husband. Now, each of you should be joint, each of you should jointly submit to the spirit that makes your relationship redemptive and dynamic. Mm -hmm. And that's a much better way of thinking about it. So there's an element of submission in some sense that's involved, but it's not unidirectional and it's never been conceptualized that way in classic thought, not, not by not by people who thought deeply about such things. And Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. You submit, eh, in a marriage, but what, but to what? Well, both of you, if you have any sense, submit to the absolute necessity of maintaining a positive relationship over the longest possible term in the most diverse possible situations. That is, that is good. So, Yes, you submit to one another, but you also submit to the relationship lasting. What is it going to take for this relationship to go until the day we die? That's what we have to submit to, right? That's what we have to submit to. And he threw out that, that little spiel there about the importance of prioritizing the permanence of a relationship said almost overtly that that thing is often God. Submitting to the outside thing that is knows all truth, knows what is best, knows you and your spouse, and knows the direction you should go. He said very, very something very similar to all those things. So again, I would really agree with a lot of this as a believer. I would think he's, you know, he's, he's right on the right track here. Um, both of you in a marriage submitting to God, because God is obviously omniscient. He knows everything. He's all wise. And he's, first of all, he's designed you to live in, con in the context of a marriage with your spouse. So he's designed you to live the way that you are. Great. You've, you've found the, you found the mission. Now, how do you operate in the mission in a, in a way that produces a beneficial lifestyle for both you and your partner? 
And that becomes the new struggle of figuring that out together. And again, maybe part of the reason that God does not just drop a perfect explanation of how you are to live in your lap is so that there is that element of struggle and that element of unraveling the mystery of how you and your spouse are to operate together on the mission of uh, building a healthy marriage. Because it really, it, it really is fun, guys. It really is fun to figure out together how to stay together, to not only figure out how to stay together, how do we figure out how to stay together and be happy? How do we figure out, and to use the words of Jordan Peterson, how do we figure out how to have, quote, the perfect date that repeats endlessly, end quote? You know, how do we figure out how to make this relationship the best possible way of living in addition to making it last forever? Those are wonderful questions that you can figure out together. And in doing so, you build for yourself a union and a closeness and an intimacy with that person that cannot be replicated through any other human relationship. Again, I want to stress that. Guys, if you like being close to people, there is no place you can be closer to someone than in the context of a healthy marriage. There is none. Not the relationship between father and son. Not the relationship between parent and child. Not the relationship between you know friend and friend. There is nothing that exists that simply matches the level of closeness that a husband and a wife have together. So that's the thought I would kind of leave you with today, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this video. And again, he didn't really address submission as much, so I might alter my ch title a little bit to be more like uh, contending with your spouse or something, the importance of having somebody you can grow with, that kind of thing. But I hope you guys have enjoyed his his work. I always love listening to Jordan Peterson. He's just so beyond what I am capable of understanding in so many ways, and he's done so much work on his worldview and he's done so much work on his character that he's to be aspire young men and young women should aspire to do the same thing with their life. I mean, it's just beautiful. So I love reviewing his work. And again, I think he has a very good worldview in so many, so many, so many ways. And this would be one of them. I think he had a great, great teaching there on the importance of having somebody you can contend with and the importance of moving with somebody through the challenges of life together rather than alone. Um, just beautiful concepts there that people need to understand in today's world. So thank you guys so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the content presented in these episodes, reach out and let us know through the link in the show notes. You can send us a personalized audio voice message there and it makes the podcasting system two way. I love hearing from you and it makes me feel super connected to my audience. You can also follow the Restoring Rapport podcast on Instagram and Facebook as well as Landon and myself if you're interested in the content we post. So thank you guys so much for listening today and we will talk to you next time.